Welcome to the Naughty Child Podcast with me, Richard. And me, Polly. I'm the dad. And I'm the daughter. I did everything before I leave. I need to find that bag of McCoy's. Alex Hartley took us off air in Brighton earlier this year. I'm a huge fan of Pepper. We thought we were really funny, so why doesn't everyone else think we're really funny? It's been the longest year ever, hasn't it? She's the most relaxed captain you've ever known. You got me through my flight from Mackay to Adelaide, so thank you very much. Well, my dog is now called Judy Anderson. Oh, well, Manchester Originals aren't through to the Eliminators, so I've got to change my team. Yeah. Yeah. Sophie Eccleston's the worst. Like having a child with you when she's on tour. I don't know whether it shows something about me or whether it just shows I'm a little bit stupid. So, Polly, how are you doing? I'm quite good, yeah. Um, almost half term, which is definitely needed. Mm. Um, so lots of deadlines. I handed in my first draft of my EPQ. Um, so that remind listeners what EPQ is. Extended project qualification. It's a um, very long essay. Yeah. So 5,000 words, which I'm a bit over, but it's fine. Um, and I'm doing mine about the development of women's cricket in England. I did get so. to read it actually. Yeah, she's very good. You haven't actually read the conclusion. I wrote the conclusion very last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm I'm excited for you know people to read that and to get marked, and then I have to like revise it, and then it gets handed in again mm-hmm. um, once I've made a few changes and stuff, and then I have to do a presentation, which I'm I'm really excited for the presentation, um, and then I'll probably like put it online or somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, publish it. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be interesting for people to read. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I feel like quite a lot of stuff has happened. So if mm. we go back this time last week, um, I was just looking at our listeners and stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they were like really high. And I was confused. I was like, why? Like, what's happened? Like, I mean, we had Molly Strano. I was like, okay, yeah, she's quite popular. But it wasn't specifically her episode that was really high. It was just other episodes and I was like really confused and then my friend messaged me was like have you listened to the new nobles episode I was like oh no not yet um she was like go to like this mark it was like 43 minutes or something and I went to it and someone had emailed in and said that they found nobles through our podcast and like name dropped our podcast so I think a few of the listeners have transferred over to us as well so so welcome new listeners, yeah. it's great to have you on board. Uh, yes, you'll find that this is a very, very, very good podcast to listen to <laughs> every week. Um, I mean, you can big ourselves up like that. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I know that Nobles have like a lot of listeners, so that was good that they're transferring over because I guess it's another women's cricket podcast for people to listen to. Yeah, so thanks to Kate and Alex and Henry for... Mm-hmm putting that in there not cutting it out censoring mm-hmm. bleep over the name <laughs> <laughs> they don't um, like to advertise very much on the bbc so no, it's quite so it's, it's quite good yeah. yeah to get on bbc sounds like mm-hmm. mentioned them it's pretty good um some exciting like personal news that doesn't involve you um <laughs> you haven't told me about this part. no you know about it oh. um so a couple of weeks ago i think it was i applied um for something and it turns out I got said position. Um, so I am now part of the Girls Cricket Club 11, which is an advisory board um, for this organisation, Girls Cricket Club, which is led by Lydia Greenway. Um, so it's about improving women's and girls cricket in England from like grassroots all the way through. Um, and so yeah it's me and 10 other girls led by Lydia Greenway which is really exciting. So you're in the first 11? I'm in the first 11, I've made it. Fantastic, so what are your ideas for improving women's cricket across England? I can't actually remember what I said in the application form but I've got ideas don't worry. England and Uh, Wales surely. Well yeah England and Wales but you know what I mean, Uh, ECB led yeah. Oh brilliant yeah. So we had our first Zoom call on Monday Mm -hmm. so that was good um yeah, I don't know, like, it was, it was just kind of chill. But because you're meeting, like, new people, I don't know, just a bit scary. <laughs> but yeah, well, really well done um, mm-hmm. for being um, successful in your application. And I think that's going to be really interesting to be part of that discussion. Yeah. And, you know, I guess the, one of the issues with advisory boards is that they give advice which is never taken. So it'll be yeah. really interesting to see 
what ideas yeah. you can bring forward and how you can influence mm. decisions that are made in the future. Yeah, I guess also um, because a lot of the time advisory boards might not be made up. I mean, sometimes they're made up of people within the game or whatever, but to have it from 11 like teenage girls mm. in the game, um, I think that's a bit different. And yeah, I don't know. I th- And I think the work that Girls Cricket Club are doing is amazing um with like the the girls cricket clothing store as well um that's really good so lots of exciting things um so yeah I guess we should move on to like more actual crickety stuff um so all the England fixtures were announced for the summer we've been waiting for this date for a while haven't we? yeah yeah we have been waiting um and they were announced and I don't know, at first I was really excited and now I'm just a bit like, oh, I'm a bit stuck. Yeah, I, I guess for both of us, as people involved in education, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm a teacher, you're at school, we're quite, it feels we're quite limited in what we yeah. can actually go and see mm-hmm. this summer. Yeah. Um, now, and I re- understand that part of the reason for that is that the entirety of the school holidays is taken up by the Commonwealth Games and the 100. Yeah. So we're going to see loads of matches at the Commonwealth mm-hmm. Games and we'll see England play loads of yeah. Commonwealth Games. And we're going to see lots of 100 matches. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to go short of cricket this no. summer. Um, and of course, the England fixtures had to work around that. Mm-hmm. I guess there are other limiting factors in when they could put them on as well. Yeah. So the overall cricket calendar, mm-hmm. what grounds are free mm. and then sky of course are they're the people that put the money in and so yeah. in terms of scheduling games mm-hmm. sky sports will have a massive say in that as yeah. well so it's not completely down to the ecb but no. i think for me personally i really like the longer form of the game yeah. so i find t20s and 100 slightly dissatisfying yeah if that's all you get to see yeah and actually, that is all I'm going to get to yeah. see. Really. I think that we might see like one ODI at the most. Um, yeah, it is It is quite frustrating because I think, especially with the test match, I was really excited because, you know, I don't think South Africa have played um, test match against England since like 2000, ages ago. Um, and, you know, I think it's just such a good opportunity. You know, women's test cricket... It doesn't happen very often, so mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity. And I don't think I'm going to be able to see any days of it because I'm at school. And how am I? How am I supposed to go to school and say, uh, "Sorry, I don't. I'm not going to be at school today because I'm going to watch a cricket match." Mm-hmm. My school wouldn't let me do that. Properly, I doubt it. Lily did it. I was thinking about this. <laughs> I was like, she flew to another part of the country. But I don't know. I feel like in Australia they're probably more relaxed. Yeah, yeah, generally speaking. Just yeah, generally speaking. But then also, I don't know, for a cricket match, uh, the Ashes, I feel like it's different. Um, yeah, but, but so yeah, the the Test match against South Africa is on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, twenty seventh to thirtieth of June. Which is just not good scheduling because you could at least put one day on the week at the weekend, and that was my point. My point was that when it was the Test match in Bristol we could go to the last day because it was a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we went to the boundary, Crossy said to us, oh, have you been to the other days? I was like, no, I was at school. Mm-hmm. I was like, I couldn't go to any of the days. This is the only day because it's a weekend. But this time, most people won't be able to go because it's Monday to Thursday. It's not even like, I don't know, Wednesday to Saturday would it be? Mm. I think that that's what yeah. it was last time. Or even like I don't know. But it's just it's it's frustrating because then what audience are you trying to get to watch it? Because anyone under the age of eighteen will probably not be able to go because they'll be in school. And that's the audience you want to be watching it really, because that's the next generation. Yeah, and it's in Taunton, so there isn't a huge population just exactly. sitting around there. Yeah. Who could like pop down in the evening yeah. after work or whatever. Um, yeah, so that felt a little bit disappointing. However, However focusing yeah. on the good on the stuff. Lords. Yeah, Lords. So, we've got to go to Lords. Oh, we, well, we have to because we're going to go to the Rachel Hayfield final. So we're going to have to make a weekend out of it. Stay at a nice hotel. Yeah, I said we need to get the, what is the golden hamper thing. <laughs> 
Yeah, so this is an old story. The 1984 Benson and Hedges Cup final between <laughs> uh, Lancashire and Warwickshire. I went with my dad when mm -hmm. I was 13. And um, we stayed at a hotel. And he uh, sort of said to the people in the hotel, <laughs> yeah, yeah, could you sort out a sort of packed lunch for us to take mm -hmm. to the cricket? And they gave us these golden boxes, <laughs> which were full of smoked salmon sandwiches and cream cakes and all sorts of things. That is living the life. Yeah, I think that's probably a bit out of budget. But <laughs> we can find a holiday in somewhere. <laughs> a youth hostel. <laughs> Stop at an Aldi on the way to the ground. <laughs> um, but no, that's really positive game at Lords because that'll be the first international since the 2017 World Cup and obviously it was an ODI at Lords that England and India last played so quite significant I suppose and there's a game up north as probably as north as you can go yeah, Chesterley Street yeah in Durham which is really exciting I mean there's no way I can go because it start. it's a T20 I think and it's in the evening <laughs> it's about five hours to get there on the train so um that probably won't work and I don't think yeah, but it's a good thing for the people of Durham or Newcastle or anywhere in the northeast. Well, yes, but, but again, the, the balance, again, if you look at the geographical yeah. balance of the games, it's yeah. very south. Yeah, I mean, people were saying, oh, they've got games up north, got Derby. Derby <laughs> is not the north. Like, Derby, um, Leicester, that, that's, no, that's not the north. That's like no. East Midlands. Mm. Um, you know, where's Old Trafford? Where's, you know, Liverpool mm. or... Um, Headingley or anywhere like that why is you know half of the country ignored yeah that, again I don't quite understand mm. I, I'm sure it must be on someone's agenda somewhere yeah um to to do that so I don't quite know why it happens that way and um, I know we've got lots of friends at the ECB who listen to our <laughs> podcast do feel free to email us or uh, make a comment on social media if you've got an answer to that why um yeah one t20 in Chesterley Street and everything else mm. is effectively is in the south. Yeah, and I mean, even with like Rachel Hayflin and Charlotte Edwards Cup, I mean, Northampton, yeah, it's technically the south, I would say. And otherwise, it's like Aegeus Bowl, which is may as well be in the sea. Um, <laughs> or like Hove, I'm like, that's where you get, like, that's near the ferry. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's so far. Um, I don't know. It's it's fine. I mean, it's great that Hove can have a game. Yeah. But yeah. then Canterbury gets a game and Charlesford gets a game. Yeah. As well. And it's like it's all a bit too far. Like, why is there no Edgebaston? Um, why can't you just go a little bit up north? Um, because it's quite inaccessible for anyone. You know, I guess. Uh, yeah, anywhere north of Birmingham, even even more south of that. Like, imagine if you want to go to Chelsea, you live in Bristol or somewhere, mm -hmm. but, uh, the other side of the country. Um, and to get to these places, you have to go through London or whatever, like by trains. Yeah. So I don't know. So, uh, so yeah, th there were things that are disappointing about it, but we are not going to be starved no. of cricket. No. In fact, I, um, I've got a whole calendar designated to cricket fixtures. Mm. Um because there's so much, because you've got Charlotte Cup, Rachel Hayhoflin, uh, the 100, Commonwealth Games, internationals. Like, so we've got South Africa and India. So, mm. yeah, we're not going to be short on games. Yeah, so we're definitely going to have to go and see some um, Rachel Hayhoflin games. Yeah. Because, you know, to get my fix of longer form cricket. <laughs> Do you know, in fact, oh, it's kind of frustrating because, I, I don't know, I might not have done this with hindsight. Maybe I would, I don't know. But um, Thunder are playing Central Sparks at Old Trafford in a double header on the 23rd of July. Mm -hmm. um, and I've like booked to go there. Like I've booked um, so I had to stay overnight, mm -hmm. stuff like that, um, with my friend. And now the Worcester fixture for England versus South Africa is on that day. And like, Worcester's my closest ground. <laughs> I was like, and I've booked it, go to Manchester. Um, but I think it'd be nicer because I feel like there won't be tons of support at Thunder versus Sparks because there's an England game. But for the Northerners who can't get down to Worcester, that's it. It's the best they're be, going to get exactly. And also because most of the Sparks fans would have gone to Worcester because of the game, I can dual represent. That's true. Yeah, and you've never been to Old Trafford before. No, I haven't seen a game at Old Trafford. Um, which that'll be brilliant. That'll be yeah. brilliant because I. Grew up watching cricket yeah. at Old Trafford and yeah. got lots of very happy memories of like yeah. seeing England win the Ashes there in 1981 yeah. and 
and so yeah. on. So, um, but now I was thinking about this. You know, with the whole dual team thing, mm-hmm. how like, we su- like we support Manchester, but like we also can't support Sparks. I was thinking about it in the terms of having two passports. <laughs> no, because it makes sense because yeah. you have like your one, your like birth one. Yes. And then you have like an extra one. Mm-hmm. So like one of them is like your backup. Not your backup, but you know what I mean? Like you have two. You might use them in different situations. I feel like this is the same thing with the teams and it is I think it's valid. Okay, so when you watch that match who you're supporting? Well, Manchester obviously, because that's like that's that's So my... that is your true allegiance. Yeah, I know. It's my true allegiance because it's like it's my birth one. It's it's like my well actually no it works so the other way around for me. You're talking yeah. about it as in terms of citizenship. Yeah. But I see it more in terms of relationship. Relationship. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm I'm a citizen of both <laughs> Sparks and Thunder. Although I only know Sparks or Phoenix stuff. I have got a Manchester Originals hat and T-shirt. It's true. So I think we can clearly see my allegiance, but. I think you can, I can support both, but just not on that day. Mm, I, I tend not to agree. I, I guess I, yeah. You don't understand. Well. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you've, you've got to have your one. Well, yeah, Manchester's and Thunder is always my one. But there are I've others. like, I got second best. Yeah, I mean, I suppose when I went to university, mm-hmm. I bought a Sunderland shirt. Exactly, but are you betraying Preston or Thunder? Uh, um, no, I just liked the red and white stripes. <laughs> the issue is then, I, well, I can't do the same as that if I go to uni in like, what you call it? Go to uni in Leeds. Leeds. I can't, I can't support <laughs> Northern Diamonds or Northern Superchargers. Or Leeds United at football. No, I would never support dirty Leeds. Oh. Right? I would never do that. Um, but no, I think I can have both. But like Manchester is my priority; it's my go-to passport. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sparks is like my backup passport mm-hmm. if you know I'm going if I'm going into the EU. Mm-hmm. It's like my okay, you know, yeah. so I don't have to go through the non-EU customs. Okay, thing. yeah, that's I, like I, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it, how it's working. It. Yeah. Um, I think that's all the cricket apart from because India are playing New Zealand at the moment, and New Zealand are absolutely hammering them, and I'm actually kind of here for it. <laughs> Um, because for me, it's like, yeah, you don't have Jemmy, you don't have Shuka. It's like, see what happens when you get rid of them. Yeah, um, New Zealand, you've got to say, are looking strong They're for the World really Cup. They're really good. Just yeah. like England, were not favourites five mm, years ago. Yeah, ended up winning it. But also, the thing that's so good about New Zealand is it's the depth in that squad, and that is something I haven't noticed before. Is that there are so many match winners in that team so you know different people getting centuries it's not the same person every time um different people taking wickets all these sort of things and that's like that's really positive going into a world cup um because it shows that you know say one person doesn't have a good game or someone gets injured or whatever you've got other people that can dominate um yeah and i mean i know india haven't had smriti mandana because she had to stay in quarantine for a bit longer okay um but that shows that India clearly don't have depth if they're relying on one batter. Um, so it's looking interesting. It is, yes. And, you know, you, there are four semi-final places and there are five teams that could get there, yeah. I think. And so it'll be interesting to see who's the one that misses out. Yeah. And potentially it could be India. It could be England. Oh, it's not England. <laughs> it's England. I'm going to be absolutely fuming, but that's fine. Um, shall we introduce our like special episode? Yes. This is a bit unusual this week. Yeah, so it's been a bit of a long time coming. Um, but we're doing our first collab. Yeah, what's a collab? It's a collaboration. It's where mm. like well, a podcast collab, where two podcasts collaborate <laughs> to it's, make a podcast. It's great actually, isn't it? Because yeah. you know, we we entered this podcasting world about a year mm-hmm. ago and actually we were really really helped right at yeah. the start by Kate Cross yeah and um, because she's a podcaster mm-hmm. and then from so we've kind of collabed with her by having her as, <laughs> a, as, as a guest on two episodes mm-hmm. and uh, and then we've collaborated with Lily yeah uh, who has her own 
uh, How's That? There's Cricket Podcast mm-hmm. in Australia. So she became our Washi's correspondent. Mm-hmm. And then there's another women's cricket podcast uh, who are absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so women's cricket chat. Um, firstly, if you haven't heard of them, then what are you doing? Um, so they're great. And so we spoke to Alex from women's cricket chat. And so we've been chatting about like doing a collab for a bit. And we're like, hey, we're going to nail it down. Um, and it was just nice to just chat about cricket mm. um because when you're doing an interview or whatever you have to like talk about the person's life and you know you have to be a bit more um a bit more structured but we've mm-hmm. kind of just chatted about our opinions of different things in the women's game there was and no there was, plan at all there was no plan no gender <laughs> anything like that and we just chatted and I thought it was I don't know I thought it was really good and we we talked about some really interesting things so um yeah I hope you enjoy our chat with Alex <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Women's Cricket Chat. Um, so we've been going about a year. I think we started like a week or so mm-hmm. before you guys. Yeah. And then, like, the support's just been like insane. We just kind of, Hannah and I just kind of set it up in the hopes to sort of bring more prominence to the women's game. We didn't expect to have so much support just from people, from players, and it's just kind of snowballed. So we're trying to build in year two and do collabs with podcasts such as yourself and just kind of really grow women's cricket and give it the attention it deserves yeah I mean I've listened to pretty much every single episode uh, because I absolutely love it um and yeah I think it's great that there's a lot more attention on the women's game now because I mean it's something that I'm very very passionate about um but I guess from the last year I suppose of us both having podcasts I guess the fact that people listen is a sign that people are paying attention to women's cricket and um I don't know about you guys but I mean we have listeners from like so many different countries like places where you wouldn't think cricket let alone women's cricket was popular so it's it's just amazing to see how it's growing and it's really special to be able to witness that yeah definitely like we we even have listeners in America and then I think like cricket's not even like really that well known there they're all about baseball and NFL so like looking at that and then looking at like Brazil places like that and it's just so amazing to see that we've both both podcasts have managed to build this community in the women's cricket and that players are getting behind us doing this yeah I think what you say is right and I think the involvement of the players is is quite key isn't it and I think I've just been really surprised by accessibility um just how easily Polly and this this is Polly it's nothing to do with me but how easily Polly is has arranged things you know with some sort of quite high profile people who are just happy to to chat really and and um and talk about the game and talk about their stories and and so on so actually that makes it quite easy for us because the you'll notice the majority of our episodes really is just someone else talking <laughs> and I was kind of asking them questions and then and then a little bit of chat either side of it so it's it, I I've been really pleasantly surprised by the accessibility of the stars of the game yeah I think with it as well if you compare it to the men's like the men's is very strict like you have to go through all these avenues to to even talk to someone like say Owen Morgan whereas like Kate Cross is so accessible and she's always willing to help people out and her and Hartley with their podcast kind of sort of led the way for this surge in podcasts but we can't give them all the credit because it'll just go to the heads <laughs> it's interesting what they do because i would argue that really their podcast is not about cricket that I, our podcast is kind of about cricket and <laughs> and I think yours is but their podcast is actually about friendship in yeah. the context of both being professional sports people who happen to play cricket so there's a bit of cricket chat in there but really it's it's about friendship and I think that's why it's been so successful because actually you don't need to know anything about the game in order to really enjoy what they do because they kind of invite you into their lives don't they yeah I think that's what's great about their podcast your podcast our podcast is that it's got that vibe of friendship and family like there's there's a connection because there's always a risk when you do a podcast that you know you could go into it put your heart and soul into it and if 
if the chemistry isn't there or it's, if it's just not right, then it's just not going to work. And you can't really blag it because podcasts are one of those things where although it's not video oriented per se, the way your voice comes across on the podcast, people can tell whether you're really passionate about something or not. So it's finding the right balance. And I think what makes you guys so unique is although Women's Cricket Chat, it is Hannah and I as friends who set it up and then we got people who we didn't know to come on board. You guys have that upper hand of having that familial bond and being father and daughter and talking about your experiences of taking Polly to games and stuff like that and taking her to training, which makes it so nice that it is something a little bit different than friendship. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's just ordinary, really. Isn't it? <laughs> this is the thing. It's just it's just ordinary life. But in in a sense, what that gives you a perspective on is that ordinary life is actually really quite important, and and I think people connect with it. So, in the same way that we, you know, we hear stories about Alex and Kate's house plant, we're like, wow, that's that's so cool. That's amazing. Actually, it's just ordinary life, isn't it? You know, lots of us have house plants, but it's it's. Um, yeah it's allowing us into into their lives and I suppose yeah we do the same don't we you know and and there's a risk in that uh, as well that, that you can be misunderstood or you could be criticized or you, know, you could fall out or <laughs> that kind of thing um but I guess it's having an authentic voice which is the which is the key thing and I suppose that's what we we try and do yeah, and I just, I have to say, I love the name Naughty Child Podcast. Well, that does make me feel a little bit old, even though I don't think you're that much <laughs> younger than, than me. But it's just, it's such a genius name because you, you can explore so many different avenues with the name. It doesn't necessarily have to be just women's cricket. You could go down the avenue of other women's sports. But it's just, I just think the name is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, credit to you for that. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess the thing is, originally it wasn't about cricket at all. Um, it, we we went on a walk um, just over a year ago during that lockdown. So I work in a school, and um, so school was shut down from sort of January to March last year. Um, and so we had sort of walking time at various points, and we would go. We went on one walk, and Polly had already expressed that she'd like to do stuff in the media. Uh, and you were just in doing your GCSE year at the time. And so we were thinking, well, if you apply to university to do media stuff, you haven't really got any experience. You, you weren't planning on doing media studies, although you are doing it now. And so I said, wait, well, maybe you need to actually set up some sort of portfolio of stuff that you do. You know, you had a photography account uh, that you kind of posted pictures on and stuff. Um, and so I suggested a podcast because she kept going on and on about this cricket podcast that she listened to with Kate and Alex. And um, and so I said, well, why don't we do one where we just talk? Because we've got some quite good stories to tell about you growing up and that sort of thing. And it would be a nice thing for family to listen to, really, uh, where we uh, tell stories. And so that's how it started out, really. So the first season if anyone ever listened to it, is really, it was really for family to kind of listen to us tell stories about, you know, when we went to London, when you were this age. And, and cricket did get quite a mention actually, mm. because it was an important part of our lives. Um, but then Polly very much steered it towards uh, women's cricket, you know, around sort of June, July time last year, saying, look, the hundreds coming up, this is going to be massive. Uh, we need to get on board with it. But of course, before that, you know, you, you, you got in touch with Crossy. You know, I it, I didn't I haven't even heard of Kate Cross. I, yeah, I, I'd heard of her dad actually, but I'd never heard of her. And um, I, and if, they, see, that's a really interesting thing as well because we went to the Women's World Cup final in 2017. So we're cricket fans. We went to that match and loved it. It was brilliant, but never went to a women's game after it at all. And actually, didn't know how to how to access it. We didn't, I, I knew Anya Shrubsoll's name. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the name of anyone else in the team at all. Um, and that was still the case this time last year. And then, you know, Polly uh, got crossy on, so I had to like Google her and find some stuff out about her so I'd have some stuff to talk about. And, uh, but then from there, sort of Polly's opened this whole world to me. Um, uh, and through doing the podcast and interviewing the cricketers, sort of got to know, um, got to know them quite well. 
I can um, definitely relate to Polly on the whole media studies subject because had I known what I know now when I was doing my A levels, I would have probably picked media studies. Like my degree is broadcast journalism. I went into it with no experience whatsoever. I, I didn't even have a portfolio or anything. So you're already doing a lot better than I did at your age. So yeah, I definitely agree. You've probably gone down the right way if you do want to study media studies to get some experience because right, you can talk about, it's something you can talk about in your university interviews if you have to do one. I'm not saying you will depending on the subject, I had to go to four interviews out of five, but uh, it just depends on the degree you do. But I kind of like what your dad said about how, you know, you guys went to the 2017 final and then didn't go to a game since in the, that you knew who Kate's dad was, but not who Kate was. Cause we interviewed Lydia Green, not Lydia, um, Jenny Gunn. And I asked her, cause obviously her father played football. I said, was there ever, was there ever a moment where your dad was like, I want you to play football? And she was like, no, he was just very supportive. So I think if I were to even ask my dad, like, does he know who Jenny Gunn is and Kate Cross, he'd be more likely to know who their fathers were because he's a massive football fan. So that's just the way generations work. So that's like our, that's a fun part of us children teaching our parents about the game and about the players. <laughs> Yeah. And where did you go to uni? Because I'm currently looking at like degrees and unis and stuff like that. So I ended up going to Leeds Trinity, but I applied to Bedfordshire, Huddersfield, Nottingham Trent, Wolverhampton and Leeds Trinity. And I got all offers, but that was just a stroke of luck. But I would definitely say because you've got the portfolio, you've got the experience now, you're in a lot, you're in a good position and because you're starting to write more as well. Like obviously, at se- you are 17, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. At 17, you're not going to be the finished product or the finished article. Um, but it's just good that you're getting out there and getting some experience. All right, at 17, your writing's not going to be as good as when you finish your degree at 21 and at 24 and when you progress... And obviously you're going to get better with podcasts and stuff like that. Just, it's just all about experience nowadays and you're definitely in the right place and frame of mind to push yourself even further. Cause even podcasts now, like there's such a great way to earn money from it. And like, there's even like a load, load of audio jobs and you're already putting yourself, you're putting your foot forward for those roles and saying like, I may not be a broadcaster, but I've got experience. So I deserve a shot just as much as anyone else. Yeah. And one thing I'd love to do is the 100 Rising programme, which you did for London Spirit, was it? Yeah. yeah. What was that whole thing like? Because I'm really interested in like an insight into it. Oh, if you're interested in the 100 Rising, I would definitely say just apply for it. Even if you don't get it, it's just a good experience. Like you don't necessarily have to play uh, apply the content creator role which I did I loved it but I was also very nervous because you're going into an environment with the team and it's not an environment I'd ever really experienced before and then I was like to work with the England captain Heather Knight is like a big thing so I was trying really hard not to fangle every time I spoke to her I had to be like in my mind be professional be professional but there will ultimately if you do get it there will be players in the team you gravitate towards more and you have more in common with like not everyone's gonna like you but you you just have to remember you're there to do a job and is your local team central sparks yeah so well mm, this is the whole thing we're based in Birmingham but we support Manchester originals and it has not gone down very well um but yeah if I did if I did apply it'd probably be for Birmingham Phoenix yeah so you you know some of the players already so that that's kind of what gave me a leg up for it so you're already in a good position and you just have to really sell yourself on the application and be like why do why do you deserve to be there and it's such fun getting to go up and down the country with a sports team like I'd never been to Wales I'd only been to Manchester once like I'd never been to Old Trafford like 
it was such a great experience. I was kind of sad that London Spirit didn't get to go to Headingley because I, although I studied up in Leeds, I never actually got to go to Headingley, even though I live like up the road from there. <laughs> but it was just so great to see all the teams and the support for the women's game. Like records were set like outside of London, in London. So it was just a great way to put the women's game on the map. And, you know, having it on free-to-air TV is so important because not everyone's going to have a Sky subscription and not not everyone can afford to pay for a Sky subscription. So how do you get the younger generation involved in the game? I think you're right. Free-to-air is the game-changer, isn't it? And, and you know, interestingly, men's cricket moved away from free-to-air. So until 2005, it was there. On, on free to air, but it hasn't been there for the last 17 years. And uh, and I think possibly they've got the right balance of it now. And I think the highlights package and the, you know, the internet clips and, and, and so on on BBC, I think that that works reasonably well. And it's quite good to have a specialist broadcaster, you know, doing a five day test match because they, they've just got the space and the schedules to do it, haven't they? But having that free to air accessibility for the game is absolutely key. Um, you know, and I, I think of a sport like, in fact, you know, you're based in Leeds, Rugby League, for example, which again is, is quite niche, but they sort of took the subscription money. I, I, and I think they kind of killed the sport, really. Or it feels like that for me, because I remember growing up, Rugby League was always on the telly and, you know, people all over the country would 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 follow it and like it. Whereas now, you know, it's it, I, I don't really come across that sport at all anymore. Yeah, like that's what I found because being from the south, going up to the north, like, it's such a big rugby league loving, like not nation, but <laughs> it's, a sort of, it's got a corridor region. from along the yeah. M62, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, rugby league, like what? And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, it's not, it's not really a thing down south. We're all about rugby union, so. Like my friend who is a massive like rugby league fan, he tried to explain it to me about three times and I just I just couldn't understand because it's not even that I didn't want to learn, it's just it just didn't make sense to me. And I think I just I don't know, maybe that is one of those north south divide things. And I feel like you guys are kind of stuck in the middle whenever these <laughs> debates happen because you are the Midlands, but it's like you're not quite south, but you're not quite north. So it's like where do you guys fit in and too far. I usually side with the north. Yeah, so I, I'm from Preston originally in Lancashire. So I, 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 my allegiance is very much north. So even though we've lived here for you know 25 years and Polly's lived her whole life here, I, yeah, we, we're affiliated to the north definitely. But I think I think that thing with rugby league is it, it's actually so when I was a kid growing up it was on tv people in the south would be exposed to it and so would have some sort of understanding of it they'd know some of the names of the characters of it and that sort of thing whereas the more you you i suppose make things a niche and, and put things onto subscription it's only the people who already like it who follow it and so it becomes a kind of echo chamber of fans rather than something that that reaches out and it feels to me at the moment like women's cricket particularly it is is sort of reaching out to people and drawing people in who've been sort of waiting to find it but but never kind of knew it was there and I, and I think people like Kate and Alex are really important in that because they provide this uh, this way in if you like this way into the sport because it is complicated and difficult to understand and the terminology is uh, archaic or, or incomprehensible and and so on. It, but to have that kind of exposure and those stories and those people, that's the way you draw people in. And the 100 was a great way um, to do it as well for people to make those first steps of saying, well, I'm going to buy a ticket and, and, and we'll go and have a look at it. And that's, you know, I think that's been a really, really positive thing, certainly for the women's game. I think it's arguable whether the men's game needed another one day competition. But, um, but it's been great for the women's game. And I think to have it have the, the 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 men's and women's team as part of the same franchise playing on the same day as well. I, I think has been brilliant. I think I know Manchester. You know they were very tight. It, those two teams, the, the men's and women's team, they they spent a lot of time together and really made this sort of one club ethos. I, and I think that's been a really really positive thing about what happened last summer. Yeah, I've heard from some 
teams that they were able to intermingle. London Spirit weren't because COVID was quite bad in London. But hopefully this year, with COVID being a little bit less stringent, hopefully both teams will be able to mix. And if you do get the 100 Rising, it'll be nicer for you because then you'll be able to get to know both teams. And I think, like, like your dad was saying, with like women's cricket especially, it's coming to the forefront. And we've seen some of the effects from the 100 now come in to the women's domestic fixtures because I don't know if you saw with them being released yesterday, they are doing some double headers. So it'll be interesting to see whether they do work or not and whether people are actually just going to come in and watch the women's game and then go or they're just going to come in early before the men's. And it's always going to be interesting to see if they're going to get cameras down to the games as well. Yeah, I think that's a big thing as well because, I mean, certainly last year, there were, so, there were some games where it was only until like a few hours before that you actually knew the venue and things like that, which obviously is really not ideal and not okay. And like, you don't know, do you have to bring your own chair? Things like that. Yes, yeah, we, like we, that. We, we went to see Northwest Thunder play at Chester and uh, we got there and it's like, oh yeah, there are no seats. You've got to bring your own chair. <laughs> and so we, <laughs> we, we happened to have, because Polly plays cricket and as a parent, you end up sat around the boundary on a camping chair quite a lot. We did have two camping chairs with us but there were four of us going, so so we had to split it between us. And um, it, but things like that, you know, that we need to move on from that, don't we? And I guess if you are paired up with the men's game, you do have cameras there, then that gives the possibility of having, you know, DRS technology, for example, and, and having those sort of things on a par uh, with the men's game in the women's domestic competition. Yeah, of course. And like, I don't know if you guys actually ended up going to that. Northwest Thunder game last year where they had all the the people in fancy dress and whatnot. <laughs> no, I was at school. I watched it on the live stream though and I just did not stop laughing. It was amazing. Yeah, and I think that game ended up being a sellout and we want we want games to sell out and not just because the test match is cancelled, we just want people to go down and watch their local team. Like for me, that's Southeast Stars who did actually end up you know, winning some silverware and stopping Vipers from winning everything last season. So you never know Northwest Thunder. They could they could actually, you know, turn around and surprise everyone because although it didn't quite go to plan in the T20s, they did end up like joint fourth in the 50 over comp, which was probably a lot better than they thought they would do. So anything is possible this season. I would like to see the Vipers be stopped though, because I think enough is enough they've had their time they've had their time in the sun like let someone else win yeah oh I agree with that you know Southern Vipers we can't let them win a third Rachel Hayhoe Flint final and obviously the final is going to be at Lords this year which I you know I just looked on the all the fixtures because obviously it didn't say it on like the regional Instagram and stuff and I was just scrolling down and I saw Lords I was like no this has to be a joke I was so that is so exciting to think that a domestic game you know that's not in the hundred is going to be at Lords, and it'll be in like I really hope that um I guess the regions and Lords market it really really well and there's a big crowd um because I mean the last time we went to Lords was the 2017 World Cup final and you know I've got standards it needs to live up to that sort of expectation <laughs> yeah I mean even with the hundred like the women's matches weren't meant to be played at the grounds like Trent Bridge and Lords but because of Covid it worked in their favour and we did see big crowds, so hopefully for the Hayhoe Flint final, we can see a decent crowd because although like it was at Hampshire last year, it was really difficult to tell like, how good the crowd was or how big it was because it looked quite on 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 the the Sky YouTube. It looked a bit like very very quiet in terms of the crowd, but I think with Lords. Lords is always one of those grounds that everyone wants to play at. Like even Sophie Eccleston, number one T20 ranked bowler, has never played at Lords, but her brother has, which is just wild. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess on the note of like the final previously being um, uh, down in Hampshire, I guess for for people like us who live in the Midlands to go on a Sunday all the way down to Hampshire, it's like quite a long journey and say someone living in 
I don't know, Durham, that's like, I mean, it's almost impossible, especially if you've got work the next day. But with somewhere like Lords, I guess people are more likely to travel to go to Lords. It's like the occasion of going to such an iconic ground. Um, so hopefully that will like pull in a few more people. But I think it's almost a shame that the Charlotte Edwards Cup final is then um, in Northampton. It's like a little <laughs> bit, bit imbalanced. And I've, I mean, I'm of the opinion that it should be at like Edgebaston or somewhere because central. I mean, it is biased because it's near us. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a bit of a shame that it's not at a great ground. I think a Lord's showpiece event is mm. is really is really good, and I think it has certain knock-on effects in terms of people wanting to come because you know people. I like going to Lords. I don't really care who's playing. You know, I think Lords <laughs> is a great venue to go to, but I think the corporate side of it as well. You know, sponsorship and corporate boxes and all that sort of thing. You know, that would be a good sell, and people would want to. You know, businesses would want to do that to entertain their clients and that sort of thing. Um, so I, I think there are all sorts of knock-on effects. For on a financial basis of doing it at Lords, but it's the prestige it gives the game, isn't it? You know, to have this showpiece event at HQ, I, I think is is really really important, and it sends a message, you know, that this is for everyone. I, I, and I think that's that's the key thing that's come out through the hundred. And actually, you're looking at what's happening in cricket, English cricket at the moment. Um, this is for everyone has got to be a key message, you know, and I think the women's game can be at the forefront of that, of a sort of inclusion agenda uh, going on right across the game. I definitely agree with that. And I think with the way uh, the ECB have restructured the regional setup for the women's game, like we've never seen so many players challenging for places in the England squad, which I think if they try to do something similar with the men's game they might have more success because literally what they're what they're doing right now isn't working and then they changed the whole county system last year where they went from having two groups of nine teams to then three groups of six to then the top two from each going into another group and then it just didn't work so whether it's whether it's just a restructure and they do something similar in terms of the teams like the hundreds or you know they just I don't want to slag off the people in the ECB, but they get someone in the higher up position who actually knows about the game. Like I think personally, Ebony or like Isha should be like in the top positions because they watch. They don't just watch women's cricket; they watch all forms of cricket. And Ebony is just one of those people who's so devoted to cricket and to making it more diverse and inclusive. And with Isha now setting up her foundation with. Uh, to make it more accessible for South Asian cricketers, right? They're probably the two best people who are best placed to help sort out English cricket, I feel. Yeah, oh, I 100% agree. I think, you know, Ebony and Isha are just, they're real standout people for me in like slightly different ways. I think Isha, I mean, she her commentary is just remarkable. And, you know, whether it's men's, whether it's women's, whatever level, she just does it such justice. And is I think that I think unfortunately at the moment, a lot of people will see women in a journalism or things like that as just being there because they need female representation. But Isha's one of those people you can never ever argue is there just because they need some sort of representation because she is like one of the best men's women's whatever and I think Ebony just yeah I guess you know sit through um like the ace program things like that just yeah as you say her dedication to cricket and, and you can just tell the passion that she has for the game and I think if you have those people who care so much and are such experts you know, they're the people you need um, to help reform and, you know, select people, that sort of thing, because it's all well and good having, you know, someone who played 30 years ago who, you know, cares about the game, but, you know, they don't come across as very passionate. You need really, really passionate people. Um, and as you can probably tell, I very firmly believe that. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's a mixture as well, I think you need, because you look at uh, Test Match Special, for example, and that's a real mixed bag of people, mm. isn't it? Uh, I, and, and you know, having Hartley in there has been such a brilliant thing because it adds something else to the mixture as well. And uh, someone like Henry Moran, who's such a real ally of the women's game and so knowledgeable of the women's game and the men's game. I think those, those, are, those are really important 
uh, people, but then to have uh, people, you know, who've been, you know, to Ash's series over the course of 30 years and, and, and be able to sort of share their experiences of, of it as well. It, it feels like that, that kind of works really, really well. And, and the thing with, with cricket journalism or cricket commentary is that because cricket happens over such a elongated space of, you know, if you imagine a tennis match, which is over in an hour and a half, and it's all kind of you, you're effectively you're just describing hitting a ball over a net, whereas cricket could go on for five days, and there's this kind of conversation that happens, isn't there? And there's laughter, and there's uh, jokes, and uh, and there's statistics, and there's all these dynamics of of, of like a it is like a family almost uh, within the commentary box, and I think that is one of the really really charming sort of unique selling points of the game is that is that you have these almost these friends who, who who introduce it to you and talk about the game to you and share their knowledge and and um and, and almost sort of teach you the vocabulary of the game as you're listening to it so that's one of the things i really love yeah that's what i love about tms as well it's just got that family vibe and i think i'm just waiting for the day that sorry finally give ebony her stand because Mark Butcher got his own room, which is, yeah, great, but everybody has done so much for Surrey cricket and for making cricket more diverse. She deserves her stand. And we did, quite last year, when we interviewed Sophia Dunk, we asked her about that, and then Dunks actually was like, if if Ebony does get her stand, it will definitely be the party stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who are, like, some of the, like, favourite people you've ever interviewed? Um, for me, Alex Hartley has got to be up there just because obviously she'd been in the England setup and she was no longer part of it. So it was really interesting to see how she would react because you never know when you interview someone who's played at the top level what they're going to be like. And I liked how how open and honest she was because it wasn't easy for her to talk about like some of her struggles that she'd gone through and stuff like that. And I liked, I think when we did our week-long series for International Women's Week. I really enjoy talking to Shruti and Shilly because they're they're two pioneers of the women's game trying to get more South Asian women in the game and they were just they were just a breath of fresh air like they weren't cricketers they weren't professional cricketers they were just two people who just loved what they did and they were just so entertaining and so funny and I actually said to them because they are so funny like if this whole you know cricket thing doesn't work out because you guys should just become comedians because you're just the life and soul of the party but we've had so many great guests over the past year but definitely Hartley, Shruti and Shilly and I actually quite liked um, talking to Katie George as well because I she's been through so much and just I I knew she'd been injured but I didn't really know the backstory no pun intended about like the injuries so it's getting it's really nice to get to know her on a personal level and then Bryony Smith as well because we're from the same area which we found out when I when we interviewed her like she was a year below me at, at a different school but she was just like super chill and was like you know I'm a cricketer go me like, and I just I thought it was so refreshing to yeah about, I think uh, yeah uh, what about you guys who, who have been sort of your favorites to talk to that's difficult I think the thing with that I've noticed is it's kind of it surprises you who um you end up really liking because I think sometimes say you go into interview with Alex Hartley you know tons about her so you kind of have an expectation of what it's going to be like but then when we interviewed for example like Amy Campbell she'd never done a podcast before mm. but actually it was it was a really really good chat and so mm. I really like ones that have surprised us so Katie Levick Katie Levick was great legend yeah so funny um and like Mignon Dupree she is so lovely she like if if you get to touch her she's just like the nicest person ever um I'm trying to think Charlotte Roberta oh Roberta Roberta is one of my favorite that's the one we laughed through the most yeah that was just hilarious and I think like with Mignon we we felt a real connection to Roberta that it was it was really it was just a lovely 
chat. And I, I suppose this is the thing that amazes me because I, you know, I'm not an interviewer. And I, I, I'm actually quite introvert, and I don't really like talking to people. You know, you put me in a room full of people, and I hide. Um, so it's actually slightly intimidating to to talk to complete strangers. Um, but what we've found is that it's really quite easy to talk to the people we talk to. That there's really we've got a lot in common, and uh, quickly we end up having a you know, sharing a joke together, having a laugh together, which can be quite um it, well it feels like you have to take a risk sometimes you know i'm going to say the wrong thing or they won't understand what i'm talking about or that kind of thing and um but it's it it always seems to have um worked really well but yeah those ones you mentioned uh henry moran was oh was yeah lovely you know so polite so posh <laughs> Um, it just apologised profusely throughout the whole interview because he was about six minutes late, uh, and and was um, amazing. He he was he was really lovely. Um, Sheikha Pandey was great. Oh, that was yeah. again, you know, she agreed to do it. Well, Polly asked her, and and she got back and said yes, and she agreed to do it because um, she said, oh, I, "I really like this father and a daughter because because I you know my dad's been really influential on me and that sort of thing." So we could talk a little bit about that you know those relationships as well that was really nice but I think it's kind of more down to the fact that everyone we speak to is so nice and like just willing to give their time and I don't know I find that kind of amazing because we're just like random people and they're just like you know very happy to give their time and I don't know I think that's especially when you're having conversations where uh, someone's been some through something really tough or had a bad season um I guess for them to be able to share their story is quite a big a big thing but the fact that they're they're so willing to do that is it's really mm. nice um, yeah charlotte edwards comes to mind actually yeah yeah i mean it's charlotte that was amazing because she contacted us <laughs> to ask if she could come on our podcast <laughs> which was ridiculous um uh, and uh, i was tempted to say back of the queue we've got loads of people uh, but um she she was brilliant and again really open and and we broached the subject of when she was effectively thrown out of the England team um and and what that felt like and and, and so on and she was really honest with us and but actually said you know I'm the person I am today I'm the coach I am today because of those experiences um and so really kind of thoughtful and and not bitter in any way and and really just loves the game so much and the game seems to be that the number one priority for her in her life and, and promoting the game and expanding the game and having this global vision for the game that really really came across very strongly with her yeah i think she's probably one of the best placed people to be in charge of the pca for sure because she's just she's so innovative she's got so many ideas she she literally lives and breathes cricket but I also wanted to ask you to just on Shikha Pandey um what do you think about her omission from the World Cup squad considering she bowled the ball of the century exactly we I mean the whole I had a rant to the BCCI on our podcast which kind of hope they don't listen to because it was probably a bit aggressive um but I'm quite annoyed at the BCCI for a number of reasons I mean firstly like women's IPL I think everyone's annoyed at that but then again with their selection for the World Cup, I mean, Shikha Pandey, like she, the fact that she bowled like the ball of the century, it was getting all this recognition and then you wouldn't pick her. Um, like they need a really aggressive bowler because I mean, England, we've got Catherine Brunt. You need someone to be able to match up with that and have that passion on the field, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I, just, I don't quite understand why they're dropping her. Um, and then again with, uh, Jamima Rodriguez just so so annoyed like I understand that she hasn't performed that well in the most recent ODIs but she hasn't been given many opportunities by um, Indian selectors but she's been performing so well in the 100 WBBL I just don't understand what they're doing like it, it's very frustrating because I mean with both of them they're they're really good I mean it's difficult isn't it because on the one hand um, I don't really know many Indian players apart from the ones that I know you know what I mean <laughs> so um the people that have come in might be great you know so India probably had an opener a couple of years ago who got dropped to make way for some 
16 year old called Shafali Verma. And we're like, oh, what's, what's this? You know, they've been great. They, why are they throwing them out? But actually, Shafali Verma is, is incredible. And so maybe the people that they're bringing in are even better. I've got to be open to that thought and that the, you know, the selectors in India who watch Indian domestic cricket know more about those players than I do. But it all seems a little bit odd at the same time. And uh, it seems to me that there are decisions being made in that side, which are not a hundred percent to do with cricket and uh, possibly to do with personality and politics and people who get on and people who don't get on and faces fitting and not fitting. That's, that's what it appears to be to me. I mean, put him out as well, you know, mm -hmm. um, who top scored in the, in the world cup final <laughs> five years ago. Um, again it's uh, of course things have to change you know and we you see it's interesting isn't it because we're saying to the england selectors whoever they are <laughs> whoever picks the england team i don't know but say oh yeah we want why is it eve jones not in there we need a left-hander she's done everything she she's brilliant but then we ask the question well which which of your favorite players do you want to throw out in order to accommodate her uh, and it it becomes a a, a little bit more tricky then and it's the selectors that have to make those calls um so as fans yeah we have we have views and but their views without consequences aren't they and and I, so it'll be interesting to see how india do you know if they win if they win the world cup then the selectors were right in the same way that you know charlotte edwards was thrown out of the england team and the years later england won the world cup <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean the selectors were right <laughs> doesn't but i think especially in india with the bcci they are the way it works or the way i've seen it work is that they're very much focused on the men's side making sure they're all shiny and new and they're all sorted because i think there was had a massive issue last year where they'd released all the men's fixtures for the year and india fans of the women's game were still waiting for indian women's fixtures to come out and there are a lot of discrepancies between the sides because you see, you'll see the Indian men with their test blazers, this and that, but the women don't have them at all. So I don't know what is quite going on at the BCCI, but it's not all harmonious as they like to appear. Thank you, Alex, for your time. That's been absolutely lovely to chat. Yeah, no worries. Then if we can help you guys out in any way mm -hmm. with anything, just let us know. And We'll be more than happy to help. Super. Yeah, we really appreciate yeah. that. That's great. And uh, thank you to you for all that you're doing for the women's game. It's been, mm -hmm. you know, it's absolutely brilliant. And uh, and it'd be great to see more and more women's cricket podcasts yeah. you know, appearing. That was great, wasn't it? That was really good. And yeah, if you don't follow Women's Cricket Chat, you can find them Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. Um, so yeah, they're also really great people and extremely helpful um, and give me a lot of great advice. So yeah, they're really supportive yeah. of our podcast. And I, you know, it was lovely that uh, Alex said all those really nice things about yeah. our podcast, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's kind of strange, isn't it? When you meet people who've listened to you, yeah because it still kind of blows my mind that people listen to us yeah that that is kind of strange i was having a conversation with someone about that earlier um like i guess you see numbers but because we can't like always put faces to those numbers mm -hmm. i don't know it's a bit strange um but i've got some sad news next week there's not gonna be an episode no way because we're taking a break <laughs> for how long uh well we're just missing one episode so we'll be back on <laughs> Is it like the, the 4th of March? Something like that? Wait, this is, yeah, the 4th of March. So we're back with a really cool guest on the 4th of March. But we're going to take holiday because we've done 24 consecutive episodes. That's 24 weeks. That's almost that's, six months. Oh my gosh, that's six months. 26 weeks is six months. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm tired. Mm. <laughs> and we did it over Christmas. We did it over New Year. Mm. Um, and I feel like I need a week break because I've also got exams after half term. I need to revise. I need to. I didn't know that. Yeah. Exams. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought I told you. When are you going to start revising for those? <laughs> uh, like day before. 
No, I've got an exam this Friday, uh-huh. and then most of them are after half term. Mm. So that's going to be a fun holiday. Yeah. So 4th of March, now that's just before. That's the day the World Cup starts. It's the day the World Cup starts, yeah. and it's four days before you go to Lords. It's four days before we go to Lords. Yeah. So also, if anyone's going to Lords, like, please message me because I'm scared. Um, <laughs> yes, Polly needs some friends. I at need Lords friends on the eighth of March. Um, so book yourself in, please, to the symposium. Like, the symposium. Um, I'm. We're getting badges with our names. It's like they they email me saying, "Do you want anything like funky on your badge?" I was like, "Can you put North Shore Podcast?" <laughs> so people know who I am. Um, but yeah, because otherwise I'm just gonna be sat there like a lemon. Also, there better be good food because I will be like, I'm gonna bring freezer bags, Tupperware, put it all in there. No, Lord's food is legendary. Exactly. I'm really, I've got high expectations for the food. Um, so, yeah, we're going to take a break and I guess we'll see you when the World Cup starts. Yeah, see you in a couple of weeks' time. I've got to plug all the social media. It's fine, I'll do that now. So, you can follow us on Instagram and North Shore Podcast. The North Shore Podcast is also on YouTube. <laughs> I can't do this. Um, YouTube is also North Shore Podcast. Um, <laughs> everywhere else in North Shore Podcast apart from Twitter which is OHR Podcast so find us there and, and listen to our back episodes and yeah. we'll um, we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks time mm-hmm.